episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We are your hosts, Sarah Cho. And Sam Collier. And on today's show, we will be looking at the work of Maria Irene Fornes as part of our Playwright of the Month series. A little bit about Maria Irene Fornes, which you can read from the Fornes Institute website. She was born in Havana, Cuba, and first came to New York City in 1945. Her play, first play, was Tango Palace, which was produced in 1964. She wrote more than three dozens of works for the stage. Among her most celebrated plays are Promenade, The Successful Life of Three, Fefu and Her Friends, The Danube Bay, (laughs) Mud, The Conduct of Life, and What of the Night. Um, and so many more. Uh, besides directing most of her own plays, she directed plays by Calderon, Ibsen, Chekhov, and several contemporary authors, including Leo Garcia, Cherry Moraga, and you might be familiar with this name, uh, Karida Savic. Um, Former guest on Beckett's Babies. Heck yeah. Uh, Miss Fornes was a recipient of eight Obie Awards, one of which was for sustained achievement in theater. She received a Distinguished Artist Award from the National Endowment for the Arts, Rockefeller Foundation Grants, a Guggenheim, an award from the American Academy and Institute of Arts and Letters, New York State Governor's Arts Award, and was finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. We know that award. You know, I think we're familiar with Pulitzer Prize <laughs> around here. Uh, she was also a TCG Pew Artist in Residence at Women's Project and Productions. Um, last bit of about her is Miss Fornes conducted playwriting workshops in theaters and universities in the United States and abroad. From 1973 to 79, she was a managing director of the New York Theater Strategy. From 81 to 92, she was director of INTAR, International Arts Relations, Hispanic Playwrights in Residence Laboratory. It's a a national program to stimulate and develop writing abilities of Hispanic playwrights. Her students have won Obie Awards, National Diamond for the Art Fellowship, um, MacArthur Fellowship, and Pulitzer Prize. Fornes taught at some of the America's most prestigious universities, including Yale, Princeton, Brown, Wesleyan, and Iowa, and led Where workshops. Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> the middle of America, and led workshops <laughs> at leading theaters such as the Mark Tate Perform in L.A. and Traverse Theater in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, so, I mean, very accomplished person, I would say. <laughs> um, and we're here to discuss her three plays, Fefo and Her Friends, Mud, and Letters from Cuba. Now, this is a spoiler alert show, so if you haven't read the plays, we suggest you to stop and read before you do. Or if you like to be spoiled, read or listen on. Listen on. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think one thing that really uh, – uh, just caught me and I was like realizes that she's such yes she's this brilliant uh very original writer and her work but also she's a teacher like that's something yeah. I feel like that her influence as a teacher it can't be stressed enough like how important it has been to like change the landscape of theater oh definitely yeah I feel yeah. like she's had such an impact on so many playwrights mm-hmm mm-hmm and how many workshops have you been in where somebody is like, okay, now we're going to do a Fornes exercise, right? Yeah. Like, this is kind of inspired by Maria Irene Fornes. Yeah. So one thing I yeah. thought was really interesting um, that I came across. Oh, go ahead. Hmm? What were you going to say? Oh, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I thought was so interesting that I came across when I was reading about her was that she – well, I I hadn't known this before. She was a lover of Susan Sontag, and they were together for a few years. And um, Fornes started writing in 1961 kind of as a challenge to Susan Sontag, who was working on a novel – um, they were at a party, and Susan Sontag was um, kind of frustrated about this novel she wanted to work on. And then 
um, Maria Irene Fornes said, well, let's go home and just start writing. And so she, at, it, this um, article I found, she was originally profiled in the Village Voice where this story was originally written. And apparently Fornes was trying to prove how easy it was to write. And so she just sat down <laughs> with a cookbook and started um like writing a short story using the first word of each sentence on a random page of the cookbook. And that's how she got into writing. And and I think that I feel like that illuminates something about her writing style, which is that it always seems like she's just having fun and she's mm. playing rather than starting from a place of um taking herself seriously or trying to prove something about her mind it, it I mean her writing is so brilliant and yet that brilliance seems to come from this sense of play and fun mm. and experimentation yeah as you were sharing the story it made me think I was like oh I think Nick is Susan Sontag <laughs> and I'm always like what, why are you like always so thinking so deeply you're like constantly just really focused well, I'm like come on it's not that bad it's saying come oh, on that's just interesting. have fun with this I feel like I have that kind of similar sentiment <laughs> and you're like look it's not that hard yeah novel it's not that hard come on <laughs> I've been working on it for five years I could do it in 30 minutes come on <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's so funny. Um, anyways, so to get into talking about her plays, her writing, what what were your first impressions of the style? Which I guess you mentioned was there's a lot of play and experiment. Yeah, just play and like in general. I mean, I had read her work before, um, but rereading her work, I I was reminded of how. Yeah, she just is not concerned with the conventional rules of what a play mm -hmm. is or what a play is supposed to do or how characters are supposed to be. Um, it's just full of surprises. And then mm -hmm. I another thing I was – I kind of was remembering as I was reading was how much darkness there is in her work. There's yeah. so much, um, like, violence and heaviness and um, yeah. just a real undercurrent of – well, mud. There's so much illness in mud yeah. that I had forgotten about. Um, so I'm really interested in her fascination with kind of heavy subjects mm -hmm. um, within this within these works that feel very maybe playful is the wrong word, but play mm -hmm. meaning experimentation. Yeah. The um, impression for me, and it was so interesting that you read that short story, the story about her relationship with mm. Susan Sontag. It was how um, she was looking at a cookbook and she like pulled things um, to write. And and then it just made me think the three of her plays, what they remind me of so much is like a collage artist or something. Mm. Like it, it, she's like pulling being inspired by just like creating something out of nothing literally you know like yeah that's the feeling i got when i was reading her plays and the style that there's a lot of sources that's being pulled whether it be um from actual text to uh kind of common knowledge like there's something like constantly pulling and there there's it's not your traditional like beginning middle end you know, like right. we get a sense of it's 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 so much more like about the experience of like what you're witnessing, right. um, and that's and I will I was like, man, I'm like the 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 plays are short um, than a regular play, but like they're so dense, and I was like, man, I wish I could see this. Like, I really I want to see how yeah. this would look on stage, uh, especially her her stage directions are just so specific. I know that was another thing I was struck by. Yeah. is the specificity of the stage directions and how precise she is with her language, mm -hmm. um, naming particular objects or um, really kind of choreographing yeah. people's movements. That was really interesting to me. Yeah. I feel like you don't see that a lot these days. Mm -mm. And I I really discourage my students from overwriting stage directions because I want them to practice showing character through dialogue. But 
this made me kind of reconsider that and think, well, maybe, um, maybe I should show them some of this work and just so they can mm. see how stage directions can operate in a different way. Yeah. And I think she directed her own plays. I don't know if every mm. single one of them, but I think a lot of, she did direct it. So she, she is like a director and playwright mm-hmm. working simultaneously as she's writing. So that's another, I think where it may be that specificity comes from because she's yeah. writing to direct. So, um, so I think that's interesting. Um, so getting to our first play it's not it's not her first play that she's written but it's one of her earliest uh fefu and her friends and Um, i think also one of her best known wouldn't you say yeah i think so too yeah yeah um and yeah so first impressions of this play well i'd forgotten that it was set in 1935 and that's interesting Uh to me i guess that so that was like what 40 years before she wrote it so like if yeah we if we were to set a play in like 1980, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so first impression. Yeah, I was really struck by the specificity of the stage directions. Um, and I, it's like every time I read this play, I've read it several times. Every time I read this play, I am surprised all over again by hmm. Fefu talking about her husband finding women disgusting. Yeah. And then and then she's like, I agree with him. And it's I, like so real. Like every time we read this play, I'm like, I, what? <laughs> okay, so um so in the so right before going to bed, uh I told Nick, like, hey, you, like, can you want just like read a little this play with me? Like read out loud. Because mm. <laughs> I just remember I'm like um because i was just like bored and i was like telling nick to read with me and he was like yeah sure okay never never read this play never heard of this playwright and <laughs> and nick starts reading the beginning with me and then it's all about that husband part <laughs> and it was like he was like okay yep this is this is theater, <laughs> this like, theater. <laughs> um but i what struck me this time around and just like having nick read it like <laughs> Like he he read Fefu as and I read other characters, and <laughs> and like Nick read it with like complete dryness, like just dry, um, and it just like in it shed some light for this character for me that I didn't do in the past, but um, is one okay? So one, I feel like. I feel like because it's set in 1935, I don't know why, but so something about the setting spoke to me about like plays being set around this time, this sort of like kitchen sink mm. or whatever, right? There's something about we have this idea, this like the conventions of those plays. Yeah. And then it's like mapped in this heightened sense way of with Fefu. And the friends the, the, and her friends and the way they're like speaking to one another. So there was this already this immediately in the first few pages, like complete contrast of like what's yeah. the environment of the world, like where the, the place taking place and the language. Um, <laughs> so um, because the language feels a little more contemporary, I guess. And then. Right, the right, is, right. And so there's already this a clash, um, which then I, I get a sense of, oh, this Maybe the, the playwright is letting me know, like, don't expect this to be what you think it is. We're going to go somewhere with this. Like, and mm-hmm. so I already felt like the setting up, I was like kind of getting ready for it, whatever that may be. Um, yeah, the height language is just. It, totally. I, I, I was just laughing, though. I was just like the entire time. I'm like, especially I, this time around, I found it so funny. I don't know why. See, this time around, I remember finding it funny in the past, and this time around, I found it so dark. Mm. It's really interesting how many layers it has. So, and then another thing I was reading about her is that she was very influenced by Beckett. Mm -hmm. And I, that something that really struck me this time around was this idea that, like, Fefu and her husband play this game with this gun where she shoots him, but it's always blanks, but he (laughs) has told her that one day he's going to put in real bullets Mm -hmm. and she's like 
this is what keeps me from shooting him for real. <laughs> Practicing <laughs> shooting him with blanks all the time. If I didn't do this, I would shoot him for real. And that yeah. felt very somehow very absurdist and and it it Beckett really like really to me. Sum, it really sums up the uh, heterosexual relationships. Like really, <laughs> really, really sums it up. Like, Does it marriage? I don't know marriage, marriage experience. Um. So and then so this play broke broken into three parts. Um, second part is where the play is it does something really interesting where Mm -hmm. it's these four scenes and, and I, I think that in the, uh, the, the direction of this is that audience members are kind of rotated Mm -hmm. in watching these four separate scenes. And, and so you're, you're, it's it's so crazy. Like you're doing something, you're, it's like, you're kind of eavesdropping Mm -hmm. into, uh, the friends and and it and I feel like one thing that connects all these four scenes is sometimes they, when they talk about Fefu or um and she's like walking in and out or she comes in and asks if they want to play croquet croquet uh huh yeah um but I just thought that that's the, how it's how it'd be staged and completely this is a whole other experience yeah I wonder what it would feel like to actually experience this and to go from one to another especially if you were to experience mm-hmm. them in a different order from how yeah they're they're put the order they're put in in the play like yeah. if you started with the bedroom or something right um especially because um i'm just thinking those exit and entrances that fefu does mm-hmm. like there's something a timing of that like that right you would have to kind of get right almost yeah it's all in the stage directions um so yeah that's something i was thinking about what that variable or you know what if the actor isn't able to get there in time or something i don't know um what that would look like yeah Um, yeah it would be fun mm -hmm. and to see like you wouldn't necessarily know that like when one character comes into a scene you're watching, well, like if you're like, say you're watching a scene where Fefu enters and it's like, do you guys want to play croquet? And then later you see a scene where she exits and you'd realize mm. like, oh, that was happening simultaneously. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think this scene that really stood out to me was the ending. Yeah. Of, of Fefu getting the gun, going out and back, shooting a rabbit, I think. Um, yeah, she comes in with a rabbit. Kills a rabbit. And then, but then her friend Julia, I think, was like, mm-hmm. oh, my head. Like, like mm-hmm. there's like a blood on her forehead. So, and that was something I was, I didn't know what to think of that ending. Yeah. By the end. It's so disturbing. So, it's so disturbing. Well, especially because there's that part in, I think, part one where Julia comes in and then they're talking about what happened to her. And there's a story about somebody shooting a deer and Julia was injured. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I didn't quite follow the sequence there. But then it seems that seems really important for the for understanding the ending. Mm. Like somehow Julia is the recipient yeah of all of this violence that's going on Mm. what about the scene where she's in the bedroom and she's she has that long monologue about um like trying to pray and then being punished when she's apparently doesn't mean it what do you make Mm. of that there were a lot of moments like well i that's a good moment where it was like, I, I kept wondering, well, what does this all mean? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, because there were these moments like that. Um, There was where they're talking about or there was a there was a text that was being pulled from a like a doc, um, some like text about theater for dramatic like, teaching theater dramatics. Like there's mm-hmm. all these like moments like that all throughout where I keep thinking, like, is this what the play is about? Like what the playwright is trying to say? Um. 
But that moment, I don't know. I, I just, it was very vivid. <laughs> like, what? yeah, it's very, and so there's so much misogyny in there, and that seems really connected mm-hmm. to the opening to me, where Zephyr mm-hmm. was saying women are loathsome, yeah. and then Julia has like, is kind of talking about this idea that human beings are men and that women are like dirty and weighed down by their innards <laughs> and so shouldn't run mm. you know and like all this kind yeah. of um language about the body and how women are are like spiritually sexual it seems like julia is is like carrying around all of this violence and misogyny that the rest of them are just talking about that that it's kind of it lives in her body somehow yeah hmm well i think this is a good transition to mud <laughs> yeah i think of mud a bit. yeah totally um, let's move on to mud yeah mud so that this is a three-person play um i don't even know where to begin so yeah so these characters <laughs> may lloyd and harry no henry Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh gosh, I mean, this play. <laughs> like, I thought Fifth was kind of funny, but this, the mud was like, it was disturbing for me. Where, yeah. And I feel like I, I, I think I just ta- thinking about what, um, like, I, I felt really bad for May. Like, she's. Mm-hmm this this need or that how much she's dependent on and what she's wanting mm-hmm. and this is a weird cyclical thing that she finds with Henry again that she was hoping to get out of with Lloyd mm-hmm. um yeah yeah this was very and I, I told you to I, I was telling you this before we started recording how I feel like this play when I first read it in college was so it influenced me Mm. On my, how I wrote my earlier plays. Um, Can you say know. more about how? How? Um, just like boys are rude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just like I, um, uh, like I, I think it's just maybe like this idea of what we think men and women relationship looks like um and i don't know i just feel like i i just feel that we, we maybe what we were talking about in fefo this like burden like this burden mm-hmm. exists in this play this heavy mm-hmm. burden um yeah and i'm in i'm so interested in the illness too mm-hmm. the idea that lloyd like is sick. He has this illness and he won't go to the doctor and and this illness becomes well it says in the character description it contributes to his poor appearance. So it becomes mm. this like kind of moral failing and like a mm. aesthetic <laughs> like failing on his part. Like he his illness makes him look bad and it makes him act badly and mm-hmm. um I just thought that was so interesting. Um, with Fefu and her friends, I got this sense that the writing there was so um, more like experiential, like and uh, mm. and um, yeah, for that. But then with mud. And the name, and even the title of the play, Mud, right? You you, you get a, a sense of something with here. Um, like, it felt like I, it affected me on my, like, different sensories of, like, seeing and experiencing, like, um, what the space would feel like to their relationship. And then just, it just felt gross. It felt gross. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Like, just, like, they're, they're like, there's something I, the word that comes to mind, like distortion of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she wants to, what's interesting to me is the title 
um, seems to come out of this monologue that May has early on in the play where she's talking about wanting to get out of the mud. So yeah. I'll just read a couple lines. So she says, um, what do you do when you open your eyes? I work, jerk. You're a pig. She's talking to Lloyd. You'll die like a pig in the mud. You'll rot there in the mud. No one will bury you. Your skin will bloat in the mud. Then it will get blue like rotten meat and it will bloat even more. And you'll get mm. so rotten that the dogs will puke when they come near you. Even flies won't go near you. You'll just lay there and rot. I'm going to die in a hospital in white sheets. It's this idea that she wants to get out of the mud and she wants to be in this clean place, but she, but her vision for being in a clean place is death. Like she, she's mm, like, she's yeah. not imagining living in a clean place. She's imagining dying in a clean place that like to get out of this place would mean her death. Um, that's just so fascinating to me. What and then notice? at the end of the yeah. play, like she mm -hmm. does die. Yeah. She tries to leave, and then they kill her. What I noticed as you were reading the each line, it was just like packed with a punch. Like, yes, yeah, like it's so it's so specific, and then like you, it's so it's simple, it's economical, but like you get a clear visual of like what she's saying, mm -hmm. and then, and then I just think about that, and and I noticed I feel like this time around versus Fefu and her friends um mud the way it's written there's like this repetition I think that kind of happened but where you kind of like that I feel like Sam Shepard does a lot like this like mm -hmm. you come in and come at me you come in like there's there's just kind of like <laughs> this banter that kind of that I, I say more of here than Fefu and her friends mm -hmm. um yeah oh yeah and it gets you in your body Mm -hmm. What's so sad to me about this play is I just want May to have friends the way Feth I want to read a play that's called May and her friends. Why, why wasn't she May invited to their – I know, exactly. I just want her to get to talk to some other women about these terrible men she lives yeah. with. Yeah, and I think what's tragic about this play was in Mud is that May like, – there's a sense of like she thinks there is a way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. But she never gets out. And and I think that's what makes it really tragic. Um Yeah, I had right. a hard time with this play because just because it's so heavy. Mm -hmm. And it, it's only like what, 40 pages? I know. <laughs> it's like um it's it's so packed with a lot. Um yeah. Any final thoughts before we move on to letters from Cuba? No final thoughts. All right. <laughs> letters from Cuba. So this, I guess, I'm not sure if it's the last play she's ever written, but it's the last known play at this time that she wrote. Um, mm. Letters from Cuba. And this play... In comparison to the other two plays, I thought I thought even though it's it had this like very, it was very moving and like kind of sad, mm -hmm. but there's like a lot of love. Yeah, in this way in comparison to the other two plays, what do you think? I agree. There's love and there's affection and, um, and I feel like this play is really dynamic in a way that mm. like you don't. You don't know where it's going to go. I mean, I guess Fefu is also dynamic, but yeah, um, this one feels it has a levity to it. It's lighter, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was interesting. So when I was reading that story about her starting to write, um, the, there was a caveat that says before this happened, meaning the the night where she started writing a story out of a cookbook. Before this happened, Fornes's first step towards playwriting had been translating letters she brought with her from Cuba that were written mm -hmm. to her great-grandfather from a cousin in Spain. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting that her first step towards playwriting was working with letters, mm -hmm. um, which do feel like a natural step since letters are kind of like dialogue back and forth. Um, but... Yeah, but it was interesting yeah. to me. The letters, we didn't get to read Fran's letters back. We only got to read her yeah. the letters she received 
from her brother. Yeah. This is like making me think um, Fran in Letters from Cuba. It was kind of like Fefu in some way. Like, mm, where interesting. It's like kind of other characters are talking about her or like, or um, writing to her or like, like, even if when Fefu isn't in the room, like, there's she still has a presence in the same yeah. way. Friend still had a presence in the world between um, life in New York and the life in Cuba. And so the play is split into these two worlds or two locations. Yeah. Um, where Fran is living with these two guys who I guess is in love with her. <laughs> um, and then the, and then this, the, the stage is kind of split with that. And then Cuba brother writing the letter and um to her and and the brother's son or the yeah uh, enrique that's so true are. all these plays have a woman at the center who's just like kind of an object of love and fascination and affection mm-hmm. for it's all the other characters are orbiting around yeah these which, women. Is, which is really interesting yeah um and i think with the letters from cuba First of all, it's another another on the page is another short play. It's like thirty pages long, but apparently this was like a ninety minute play. I know how is that possible? It was like a ninety five minute play. Um, so yeah, how? <laughs> so I was, I was trying to think again. It's like I wish I could see this. Like I wish I could see her play yeah. live. Um, and I I thought about the moments I thought about were maybe like in between the scenes. Mm. Um, what that would look like. There's a lot of, I feel like it's maybe it's like in the stage direction sometimes, but there's, there's a lot of movement happening in between scenes that I just don't know what that would look like, but it feels like there is. Right. There's so much dancing written into the final couple of mm-hmm. scenes too. And there's singing and right. Um, there, she does have a lot of action in the stage directions. So yeah, I could see how that could fill time Same time yeah. yeah um yeah i love too what she's doing with the stage here how we see this new york apartment but the roof is cuba and then mm-hmm. there's a moment where the boy um like secretly enters new the new right. york apartment and that's really fun yeah yeah that was such an important moment of just a moment of like cr- these two spaces becoming one. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just, it's such a, it's a simple thing where just an actor just moves into the other space, mm-hmm. but it's so theatrical <laughs> in some way um, for doing that. And yeah, it's so magical. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at, at, by the end, I kept wondering like, um, or not by the end, but maybe just, during the journey of the play was I just kept wondering if like how much um, Fran misses home, I think, Mm. or like how much um, though she sends something to the brother, you know, she, he, he writes that like, thank you for sending all this, like the medicine, although it was kind of broken, we're not sure. We looks like it's vitamin, but thanks for sending that thing. And, but there's this, he constantly mentions about like, it's been a while since I've heard from you or like. Right. Um, and I, that, something about that moment when he writes those lines or the, and the letter, when he says those letters, I kind of made me think like, um, like, like, I don't know, like, is she so busy? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. It or seems like, like that's such a good point. It seems like her attention is not really on her brother. Yeah. Like his attention is so much on her, but. Um, she's like kind of living her life and yeah but we don't also we in this play we really don't hear that much from her like we hear a lot about her no from yeah the two guys she lives with and we hear a lot that's directed to her from her brother but we really don't spend that much time with fran herself yeah and that's an interesting choice why that was made mm-hmm um all right so all these three plays um i'm trying to think of a question here like what what of these three plays like what 
I guess in sum it up in one sentence, like how what you think of Maria Marine Fornes? <laughs> one sentence. One sentence. Only one sentence. Um, I think she's she's like experimenting with what can be done on stage in an exciting way, and mm-hmm. she's really interested in gender. Um, kind of our social norms around gender relationships too. Mm. What's your sentence? <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I don't think it was one word. Original. Original. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just like, so I think she's just really fearless. Fearless and original. Ooh, fearless. I love that. Yeah. Um, and which reminds me, I love to read a couple of quotes. We tweeted it out, you know, to um, our listeners or to whoever follows our social media. Like, are you familiar with Maria Irene Forna's plays? If so, what do you love about her work? And I'm just going to read a couple of these mm. responses. Uh, one was from Meg Zeppelin. Cool name. Um, her visceral language and how poetically her painter background worked its way into her use of imagery and metaphor. Like, Yeah. And, That's right. We didn't mention that yeah. she was a painter. Yeah, and I think that really I honestly swear I I think people who have who have writing or a art background like mm-hmm. right they they when I talk to those people and who also write like they always constantly come up with like the most like not bizarre thing but like the things that they say is kind of like just so uh like I don't know. It is visual, but like yeah there's something like details that i I don't know why there's just connections there with if you're if an art background if you if you know how to draw true yeah Um, i'm thinking about the stage in a different way than people who come from a writing background a literary background yeah yeah um this other quote cardi desavich y'all may know um (laughs) from a previous interview um she says it doesn't explain itself it trusts in the act of theater Mm. But, oh, yeah, I think that really sums up really well about the three plays. Um, That's so true. She doesn't try to explain her mm-hmm. her plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't bother asking Maria about what's the rules of the world. Don't just don't <laughs> even bother. Just oh my like, gosh! Can you imagine like a workshop conversation <laughs> about one of these plays? Oh my god! Where everyone's trying to make it make sense and fix it, fix it. Yeah. Oh, I wish I, because I feel like that's all it is now. Like you know, if you submit mm-hmm. to like development, it's like thoughts, questions, questions. Mm-hmm. You know, thoughts, more questions. Um, and but man, to live a life where you just like do it or the f you want. <laughs> right yeah. Now. What would be like? That, what would be the ideal way to experience one of these plays if it was a brand new play? Like, I guess just to do a reading of it and then be like, how do you feel? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or just, or just not even a reading. Just do a production of it. Yeah. And then don't process it. And then just go uh, go out and live your life. Yeah. Do like painters – you know, like when they're right. making their art, do you see someone coming halfway through the process being like, like, what's what here? My like, you know, what <laughs> what are you trying to do here? Like, what what what's the rules of this paint? Like the technique? What's the I think they do that. I think I mean, they do like critiques, process? not during not while they're still painting, but, once but at it's the done, end, once they it's do done. like a critique, a critique. Yeah. But once yeah, once done. it's done and on display, and then people do that, and then but, they're like, "This is not your best work." <laughs> <laughs> but then it's done. Like, there's no going back on it, right? right? Exactly. Like, it's so true. And, You're not going to then change. And so it. maybe yeah. Maria Reinfornes, who was also a painter, like that's how she approached writing the her, mm. her plays. Is like, write it, put it up, show it, and like like leave it at that like or like whatever however you respond to it after it's complete like that's that seems to be the way yeah i'm so curious about that i wonder what her process was like 
Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I assume she did go through multiple drafts like everybody else, but. Yeah. What, how. Yeah, what kind of feedback did she get? I think, you know, a couple of, uh, Maria Marine Fornes, she passed away a few years, a couple mm-hmm. years ago now, and um, I think around that time there was a documentary about Yeah, it, it was called right? The Rest I Make Up. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but me neither. Maybe, I should, maybe I'll watch it now to kind of get a sense of her process or what she thought about writing. Um, Here's a quote from Paula Vogel, who says, In the work of every American playwright at the end of the 20th century, there are only two stages, before she has read Mar- Maria Irene Fornes and after. Mm. So this idea that she changed the work of everyone around her is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to know what? Oh, wait. Hmm? Well, yeah. Apparently, um, Sam Shepard also credits her as an inspiration. That's interesting because I was like, mud feels like something about mud. Made me think of Shepard a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you would want to uh, put into your own writing inspired by Maria? Yeah, I think I would really like to keep exploring well, first of all, like how can I how can I experiment with the stage and the idea of the stage and like looking at a space in a fresh way mm-hmm. um, but also I'm just so inspired by the surprises in her writing, and and I want to make my work feel more surprising, mm. and not try to explain itself. I have an idea for you. Okay. When you when you walk into a theater, why don't you look at it upside down? Whoa. <laughs> that's that's another way of looking at it. Good idea. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think for me, I think what I would love. Oh, just like write and I don't know what it is, but just reading when you were reading that um, the speech a little bit, just like the brevity and like the detail, like short and like how much it packs. Like I want to be able to do that. (laughs) I want to like, I feel like I waste a lot of lines, (laughs) just throw away lines all the time. And I want to, I really want to keep thinking deeply more about like how each line really could make an impact. Yeah. Well, doesn't that make you wonder, like, if her first draft was 100 pages and then she just made it more and more dense and dense and dense until it Mm. got to 30? Hmm. Um, Okay, I have an idea for you, Sarah. Yeah? Um, Go play in the mud (laughs) and then then write a 30-page play. If I did that in LA, I would get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, Write a thirty-page play that will take ninety minutes to produce. Wow! Wow! So, like, each page has to take three minutes. Holy cow! That's a challenge. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, hope you had a good time, and we highly suggest you check these plays out. Let's play our favorite game and say, what do each of these plays smell like? (laughs) Okay. Um, Starting with Fefu. I say Fefu and her friends smell like cotton candy. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's sickly. It's sickly sweet. Okay. I went a really different direction. And for me, it's the smell of like um, grass in the sunshine but I have a lot of layers mm. for this smell. So, like, if you can imagine, like, okay. the smell of a sunny day and, like, fresh-cut grass, but then there's a hint of blood. Oh, jeez. Murder nearby? <laughs> like, what? Um, I'm pretty sure they're constantly shooting people in this play. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah, I think I think of Con Can because I feel like – the way the place thinking about women, like yeah, oh, you're yeah. So sweet. but like t- like it's just like but too much makes it, you sick. Like 
Yeah, but the way the play is getting deeper into those relationships with the women, like it kind of yeah. hits a nerve for me. Um, mud. Okay, I mean, I just feel like this place smells gross. Just mm-hmm. like, like kind of, um, not even musty, but just like the smell of decay, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think I had a similar thought. It was like, I thought about um, like an old dirty rag, like a towel, you know, when mm. it's sit out and like, but wrapped in some like, some sort of a dead animal, like a roadkill, like wrapped. Like, that's what I thought of. I was yeah. like, oh. that's like, like that, that at a visceral level of like sickness that you could get, that you kind of mm-hmm. get from reading mm-hmm. this play. Okay. Letters from Cuba. This one mm. smells like lemons. Oh, that's interesting. It's just, it feels like very light to me. And and so that's. Hmm. This is too obvious, but I was like, nice, clean stage. (laughs) (laughs) Smell of a nice, clean stage. It's like, you know. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but. uh, So meta. So meta. (laughs) I mean, the play is kind of meta, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. In some way. The way it's anyway maybe paper too the smell of paper. oh paper mm. oh yeah okay. like when, like a letter oh, oh you know what my, i like to smell is like um when you print something and it's like mm. fresh hot like from the printer <laughs> it's like that yeah well warm and it's like the ink i don't know what it is but i like that smell sometimes totally all right that was fun now let's move on to glistens. So um, yeah, you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I guess my glisten is that uh, I have been doing a little more stand up right now and like Ooh. seeing some stand up. I saw I saw my first. Oh my god! Since the pandemic, I saw my first live like stand like comedy show. Um, it was a friend of mine had taken like a stand-up class and then she was doing her uh class show and i was mm-hmm. like you know i want to go and support and it's just like pretty close to where i live so i wanted to go and see her and and support and it was like my first live theater wow. like sitting there and i was like whoa this is i mean it was so like i just couldn't it was just weird it's a weird um where people are taking their mass to drink their beer or whatever but i just kept like looking around like are you putting it back on after you're done? <laughs> Are you putting yeah. it back on? And it's like still like this anxiety. Um, but man, it was just like to see people on stage and like comics just sharing thoughts and like yeah, they're like modern day uh, philosophers or whatever. But they're just like the thinking and then like and it just felt so. Um, it felt nice and and so I but I haven't done like a live open mic i just been doing a lot of zoom open mics and like trying to like get some material and build some confidence i feel like i have restarted started restarted stand-up comedy like all my life mm. <laughs> but i feel like first time ever i feel maybe because i've aged you know like just you know <laughs> age like a fine wine um <laughs> and where now i really feel like i could really um i know how like a joke feels or right or something instead of just yeah. going up there and just like blurting out nonsense. Well, so are you going to blurt out nonsense in, in person? Yeah, <laughs> in person. Um, I think I am like I am looking out for like outdoor open mics and kind of seeing. Um, but I know I have a couple of friends who are like did open mics and then it got COVID, so I was like, oh wow. You no, know, it's I don't because I'm like and I'm sure it's open. If they're doing outdoors, but I mean, you're still like encountering people. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I want to, and I'm trying to, you know, do as much open, like like zoom open mics, at least like hear the jokes out loud and like kind of pick my favorites that I'm, that I'm willing to risk my life for. Right. (laughs) Uh, To do it. So, yeah. So I've been trying to like write three jokes a day or something and oh that's cool yeah i think i just miss like the way sketch comedy was where like this immediacy like writing something putting it up 
and I'm kind of missing that like really and so I feel like stand-up comedy is, has been kind of my substitute yeah yeah but yep that's well mine. it's not gonna last forever it's I mean yeah but didn't didn't one of the CDCs I don't know who said it but it was like it's gonna take a year for uh, any really again and then like the stock market crashed oh, again man. I don't know um I mean I don't know like what is what are we thinking normal as in before COVID, like when we could walk into a grocery store without a mask? Like, is that the normal we're striving for? Or normal as in like this virus won't be as deadly to a lot of people? Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know, Sarah. Uh, well, this is life. All right. Well, what's my your question, question is uh, Aspen trees. Mm. Um, here in Colorado, the aspen trees are turning yellow and they turn this beautiful golden color and yesterday i went up into the mountains and saw some beautiful trees and they're just so pretty yeah welcome visit i really that's what i miss about fall (laughs) yeah or or just like seeing the, the leaves change like i miss that so much yeah um, I know, and there's. I really associate fall with the red of maples, and there aren't really a lot of maples out here. So it was nice to see the aspens because they're at least, wow, you know, changing a tree that changes color. But yeah, they're so beautiful. Good glisten. Thanks. It's fall. It's fall. It's fall. It's fall. We're deep people. into fall. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Tell us what you think about these plays. Toodaloo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com. And you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.